This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hello again, friend. Kirsten here, your decision coach. If you hear funny background noises this week, it is because there's a lot going on right now, and this is the time I am recording. So we have dogs chewing on things loudly on the floor. We have husbands cooking in the kitchen, and this is just what's happening. Luckily, I think most of that should be drowned out, but I also just wanted to paint a picture of what's happening uh, just to demonstrate that things don't always have to be the perfect circumstances that we think they need to be in order for us to do good work and get what we need to get done done. And sometimes it just has to be fine. And I find a, I don't know, I feel like a couple years ago, I would have been very, very stressed that there wasn't utter silence all around me and things weren't exactly as I planned and all within my control. And I'm very grateful to myself for doing some work on that and making my life easier on myself because I still get to do the work I need to do and it's still good and I don't have to stress out about everything so much. So that's just a little plug for giving your future self gifts that will yield returns tenfold. And that's actually a great segue into this week's discussion that we're going to have because we are going to be talking about money decisions which I'm surprised that we haven't on the podcast yet, but you better believe there is a series coming on this. I wanted to do an episode right now because if you're listening or watching real time, tis the season to be spendy and we can have a lot of drama about it. We can also go into kind of a mental black hole and then wake up in January and have like post- spendy drama. And I wanted to just help you get ahead of that and really introduce some core concepts that have helped a lot of my clients who are very smart and successful, professional, human, high-functioning people operating the world like you and me. But if there's any place that our drama can hide out in our high-functioning, very organized, productive lives, it's our money stuff. And the stuff we're going to be talking about today is some of the fundamental things that have helped my clients reframe their relationship with money. Because for better or worse, you're in a lifelong relationship with it, right? It's like you're in a lifelong relationship with three things, yourself, time, and money. And if that's guaranteed, and you can count on those relationships for better or worse, till death do you part, let's work on those relationships, right? So specifically today, I'm going to be sharing these four core concept tips to give you a new way to work through a money decision. Like I said, this is a really easy place for our drama to hang out and we can be stretching out of our comfort zones and investing time and energy in ourselves in all different areas. And for some reason, some of the time, we hold on to our limits with money. We revert into scarcity and self-limitation and self-sabotage and just chaos that we don't have to live with for the rest of forever. So if you're thinking about a money decision, whether it's to invest in coaching or invest in a vacation or invest in a new set of cookware, 
I'm going to give you this framework, these new questions to ask. And even if you don't identify as someone with money drama, maybe you feel like you have a great, blissful, super thriving relationship with money. Kudos to you. That's amazing. I still want you to listen to these questions and use them because it's going to help you feel even more in charge of your money decisions. A bad habit we can get into with money decisions, like all decisions, is only counting them as good when we have the results of how they end up. We can feel like I'm going to take a gamble on spending here or investing here, and I'm not going to know if it's a good decision or not until I see the results. And if you've been with me for a while, then you know this is not how we judge decisions as good or bad. This is not our metric to wait to find out till after the fact. You want to feel in charge of your decision in the moment. You want to be able to say, this is a good decision and I'm naming it as a good decision right as I make it. So these questions are going to help you feel really conscious and really in charge and really clear through a money decision. Okay. The first tip is to look at what you want. I know. Don't we talk about this often here on the podcast? Not skipping over this step. Same thing goes for big money decisions though. And I use the word big with air quotes because anything can feel like a big decision depending on, you know, how the stars are aligning and how we feel, right? Something that we do often is skip over what we want completely because of the assumption that we can't afford it, it's not the right timing, it's too much, it'll take away from that, blah, 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 blah. But what happens when you don't skip over that conversation with yourself and you really allow yourself to look directly at what it is you want, you start having a more authentic understanding of what it is that you want. Maybe it's this thing. Maybe it's what you think this thing will get you. And there are many ways to that. Maybe you start getting a feel for how important it is to you to figure out how to afford this thing because you're realizing that it's something that you really do want. Don't worry, we're going to talk about affording stuff in a few minutes. Questions to ask when you are considering what you want and how much you want it are, what will this allow me to do, feel, achieve or experience? What would the kind of person I want to be do right now? How would they think about this expenditure or investment? It's a great question. What would make it worth it? This is such a powerful question, especially if you're thinking about investing in something that you want some kind of return on, whether it's skill built, network expanded, mindset changed, habits formed, money made. When you're clear on what is the return I want on this investment, you get to put yourself ahead of the game and decide, I'm going to make this worth it. How am I going to make this worth it, worth this investment, or how would I make it worth it in order to ensure that I get my money's worth? Super fabulous question. We could probably do a whole podcast on just that one single question because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who weren't sure about, oh, I don't know if this is going to be a good use of my time or I don't know if this is going to be worth the money I'm going to spend on it. And I always ask, I always love asking people, well, why don't you just decide it's going to be worth it? Don't show up. Like, I like the analogy of going on a date, right? It's like, I don't know if going on this date is going to be worth my time. And I want you to imagine showing up with this attitude like, prove to me that this is worth my time. I'm waiting for you to dazzle me. I'm not impressed yet. Versus deciding in advance, I'm going to make this worth my time. You can't guarantee anything about what's out of your control, right? You can't guarantee you're going to have a great conversation or some kind of romantic connection or even amazing food, right? But you can decide in advance, I'm going to make this worth my time. I'm going to make this worth my investment of resources, of time, energy, and money. You can do the same thing as you're working through a money decision. Okay, the next tip, 
And the next thing that we tend to skip over are the numbers. So tip number one was look at what you want. Tip number two is look at the numbers. This is something that I've said this before and I will never stop saying it because Bora Bora was so amazing. But my husband and I got married during the pandemic in Bora Bora in this like pocket of time when you could travel there. And we were by ourselves and we stayed at an overwater bungalow and I snorkeled every single day except for the wedding. Um, He snorkeled every single day, including the wedding. And I've never, ever thought of myself up until that point as an overwater bungalow person. My mind made the decision for me. That's out of your league. You're not that level. You're not that day. Uh, Dream on sister. And we do this all over our lives. And I really want you to use these two tips in tandem, looking at what you want and looking at the numbers, because what's a great way to guarantee I would never ever experience an overwater bungalow in Bora Bora? To never look it up, right? If I never bothered to see what would that cost? How could we make that work? What are the numbers? Then there would be zero chance that I would ever get on a plane and go there right? So I want you to recognize that anywhere that you are limiting yourself from even considering an option, whether that's going to Paris for your next big birthday or investing in a coaching program or doing the renovation that you've always dreamed of doing before you talk yourself out of it because you assume you can't afford it, which I promise we're getting there. We're getting to the affording thing, but you got to look at the numbers and you have to give yourself some time to process any like sticker shock because we all know that we can be scared of big numbers at first. And if you bake that into your plan of working through a money decision and you kind of make room for some, some, okay, I might have some feelings. I, um, might need to digest some things, then those numbers, those feelings, that sticker shock isn't a problem. It's just part of the process. The other nice thing about when you use this tip in tandem with the first tip, so you're looking at what you want and you're looking at the numbers, you get to put yourself in a position of power. Think about this different mindset of sitting here and thinking, I want that, but I can't have it because I don't even know how much that would cost versus I am so clear on the fact that I want this or some version of it. And now I'm going to look at the numbers so that I can get to figuring out how to make those numbers happen. Puts you in problem solving mode, right? Puts you in solution focused. That's how you make conscious empowered decisions. Okay, we just talked about maybe some feelings coming up, maybe some like processing time for sticker shock or just big ideas. And that's where tip number three comes in. Tip number three is make room for new feeling weird. Two main things affect our money decision-making, emotions and norms. Spoiler alert, those are the same two main things that affect all of our decisions, but we tend to think of ourselves as way more logical and rational than we are as human beings. And especially when it comes to money, we can think we make our choices with our full conscious highest brain. And we don't. There's just too much research that shows that we have biases, unconscious biases, cognitive biases influencing our behavior that we are not even aware of most of the time. So tip number three is make room for new to feel weird. You are potentially breaking away from a norm you've established. If you are a person who does not go on fancy vacations or you haven't gone on a vacation since your life has changed, you've had kids, you've had an intense job, or you are maybe considering getting a coach or investing in higher education of some kind, but that's not the kind of decision that you make all the time. We have to recognize that you are stepping out 
of the path of least resistance. And it's called the path of least resistance for a reason. Veering off of it invokes resistance. Okay, we're just going to make that part of the plan. Why this is important to put in the plan is because otherwise you're likely to be reactive to this negative feeling because we can get off the path. We can start considering some idea outside of our norm and all the bells and whistles go off in our head of, ooh, we are not this person. We don't make decisions like this. This isn't how we've always done things. And that can feel scary and scary can feel bad and we can want to back away from that decision. But if you want to create new results, if you want to experience something you've never experienced, like Paris on your birthday, or getting your next degree, or making your entire life easier with a life coach, if you want to create some kind of new result and new experience, you're going to have to make new decisions. And you don't want to feel forced into that. You don't want to feel like you haven't considered all of the doubts and you haven't validated all the fears, but we don't want to be reactive to them either. So we're just going to make room for these feelings and you're going to get more in touch with, do I feel scared and resistant about making this money decision right now because it's out of my norm and like fully validating that? Or do I feel this resistance because this investment would not be in alignment with my values and my goals and my vision? What would future me think about this investment. Would they be grateful because I invested in myself and I created this amazing experience or I got this help from this coach or we finally did the kitchen remodel and I get to use my beautiful kitchen? Is my future self going to be grateful and excited and proud or are they going to be not so jazzed? about this. You are going to have a much easier time parsing out where are these feelings coming from if you anticipate them and you just make a little room for them. The final tip that I'm going to offer is a little mindset reframe and it's switching your thinking about what it means to be able to afford something. I'm going to go ahead and make up a statistic and say 97% of the time when we say I can't afford that, we mean I choose not to afford that. Most of the time, when someone says, I can't afford that, they're not looking at numbers. They're not looking at a $5 million chandelier and then crunching the numbers on how much credit do they have available? How much loan money do they have access to? How many assets could they sell in order to afford that? And they're not delivering a mathematically factual conclusion that, no, we cannot afford it. Usually, it's either a feeling or a norm those big things that influence our decisions. If it is out of your norm to invest in personal development, education, trips, anything, if anything is out of your norm, you are more inclined to assume I can't afford it. But what you're really saying is I don't normally spend money on that, which is not a bad thing. We just want to get really, really clear with, well, what's afford mean? Because walking around your life saying I can't afford that and I can't afford that feels so disempowering. Let's just be honest about that. Let's clarify. What I mean to say is I don't normally choose to afford things like that. I don't normally invest in things like that. If it's a feeling talking and saying I can't afford that, that could be coming from people like me don't deserve things like this. 
I would be selfish for investing in this or spending money on this. I would be taking money away from something else that deserves it more or someone else who needs it more. I want you to see what happens when you switch your thinking around on this, whether you're thinking about investing in coaching or investing in a Christmas present or investing in a freaking coffee. What happens when you are the one in charge of your money, not the other way around? It's very powerful to put yourself in this position where things are not out of your reach based on some external factor, like can I afford it or not, that feels out of your control. I want you to feel so in charge of what you choose choose to afford, what you choose to prioritize, that there's no limitation, that there's no sneaky self-sabotage going on. And it's just a tiny tweak of a mindset. It can make the biggest difference. And again, this comes back to tips number one and two, right? If you're super clear on what you want and what you expect to get from an experience and how that will benefit you for years, decades to come, then you can decide, do I want to figure out how to afford this or not? And there's no wrong answer as long as you put yourself in charge of it. Okay, that was a lightning fast journey through the four main tips on making a big money decision that you trust. But taking control of your money mindset, your relationship with money is one of the most freeing things. And it's a process, right? I promise it's worth investing a little time in. And as I always say, this stuff is not easy to do on your own most of the time. That's why coaches exist. So if you are contemplating investing in yourself, go look at how we can work together. The Decision Masters program is coming back. If you're listening real time, you can go to my website, kirstenparker.com, go to the services tab, check out all the ways we can work together. There are lots of options because I stand by what I said. If you want to create new results, new habits, new mindset, new relationship with yourself, upgraded decision-making where you feel calm and confident and clear, you have to make some new decisions in some new ways. And I can help you with that. That's what the consult is for. So bring all your questions. It's all welcome. You can book that for free at kirstenparker.com forward slash schedule. I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, want to find out your decision style? Um, obviously. Go take the decision style quiz. It's in the show notes and at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. We all have our style when it comes to making decisions, but do you know how to use your default way of thinking to your advantage? Or do you mainly get stuck in the most annoying parts of overthinking and people pleasing? The decision style quiz has your answers, my friend. Take it right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz.